Good day, everyone. I'm your host, Dwight Henry. Welcome to the chat, and I'm very happy to have with me in studio today, Kevin Darty with the Sycamore Church of Christ. Kevin, thank you, sir. Appreciate you joining us. Oh, good to be here, Dwight. Appreciate I, it. I've looked forward to this. Look forward to it. Our, our wives actually know each other. Yeah, that's I, right. They may have gone to school together or something. When I told her that I, who I was visiting with, she said, oh, I know his wife. So uh, Yeah, hope, and, they got a lot of good stories to tell, I'm yeah. sure about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they both must be pretty patient ladies to, to keep to put up with that's us. That's exactly right. right. Hey, thank you so much, buddy, for being here. It's and, good to be here. Uh, Thanks for the invitation. I getting to know you better and getting to know about your ministry at Sycamore Church. Church yeah. of Christ. You know, uh, all of us, in fact, I want to talk um, not just about the ministry at the church there, but how you made the decision to do with your life what you're doing with your life. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes that, that comes because obviously a calling of God, mm-hmm. but some kind of influence we've had along the way. Sure. Uh, to talk, how, were you raised in a church environment, Christian environment, or did, how, how did that, tell me, talk, talk about that part of your life. Yeah, I, I was raised in the church. Uh, my mom and dad, very strong uh, Christians and very faithful to God. My dad was an elder of the church uh, over 40 years. Uh, he's Still living, eighty eight, but he's uh, he really? recently resigned from that eldership. But he, um, very big influence in my life, uh, just to uh, just stay focused uh, and stay dedicated to 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 God and His church. And uh, I worked, um, you know, when I was in college, and of course I was involved in the youth ministry there at Chapel Hill, where I grew up, Chapel Hill in uh, Chapel Hill, Tennessee, and uh, where he was an elder. Um, and uh, my dad just did a little backdrop. He we lived in Lewisburg, but we drove twenty minutes to Chapel Hill. And I said, Dad, we pass a lot of churches as we go. Uh, you know this this thirty minute drive. Get so, a little closer here, yeah. Yeah. So so why do we go to Chapel Hill? He says, Well, I've got brothers and sisters that live in uh, Chapel Hill, and I need to teach them, and I need them to go to church. Oh, wow. So uh, he's the oldest of nine. He's got uh, two sisters, seven brothers. Some have passed, but um, so he wanted to go to Chapel Hill to influence them. So he uh, actually converted his uh, mom and dad, my grandparents, and several of his uh, brothers and sisters. And uh, and he just had a big influence uh, on me just uh, thinking about uh, how to be active and work in the church. So I helped with the young people a little bit there uh, when I was in college, and I got to do an internship at College Side. Uh, when I came to Cookville, I went to Lipscomb University, and I actually was majoring in engineering. So Is that I tra- right? I transferred to tech in engineering, Dwight, and I interned there at College Side, enjoyed that, and I thought, you know, I, I, I wanted to do this full time, but I didn't decide that until I was a senior engineering major. No, so I kidding. switched uh, sci- uh, to That's psychology. That's a pretty demanding curriculum. As it you is, know. Yeah, it is, uh, and so I switched to psychology and finally graduated with a degree in it. Uh, but I preached a little bit. Uh, at a little congregation while I was doing that internship uh, for about a year and a half at uh, Nameless, Tennessee, Davidson Chapel. That was a good experience. And then I got a job offer at Sycamore in 1990 and took that job and uh, been there ever since. Since 1990 you've been at Sycamore? 1990, yeah. Wow. Now, I want to come back to that. What a story. So you you came to Tech, Mm -hmm. a wonderful engineering school, obviously. Turns out some of the best engineering with your mechanical, chemical. uh, I I, I messed with a little uh, industrial engineering, electrical, uh, but engineering was not for me. Uh, My dad, it's funny because my dad said, you know, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And he said, son, you're good at math, and that's where the money is, demand is. So, yeah. 
And uh, but you can pretty much write your own ticket when you've got an engineering. Yeah, and so I, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. I wanted to do ministry at least part time. I thought I wanted to do yeah. engineering full time, and then uh, you know youth ministry on the side. And then it took me a lot of guts to tell my dad's dad. I just dad did not think you could maintain a good livelihood with uh, in ministry yeah. and feed your family. So uh, I was very hesitant to tell dad. I said, Dad, I don't think I want to do engineering. I finally got the guts to tell him, and I said, Dad, I think I want to do ministry full time. And uh, he was all for that. And it's kind of funny when I went through ministry and, you know, you have the peaks and the valleys. And, yeah. and I kind of hit a valley one time. I said, Dad, I just don't think I'm maybe I'm not cut out for ministry. I, I'm not sure. And he told me, son, you're where you need to be. Uh, you need to stay in ministry. So, Dad, I was fearful of changing career paths for yeah. him, thinking I'd be disappointing him, was my biggest encourager saying, you're where you need to be. You're good at what you do. You need to stick with it. And I did. And I've stuck with it uh, all this time. Isn't that interesting, though, that the, the that the, the you're obviously your father who loved, you loved, you respected, mm-hmm. uh, you valued his opinion. And yeah. you, you didn't like to think about the day when you would come before him and say, Dad, yeah. I really I want to I want to redirect my life to ministry. Right. He's the very guy when the valley came. Yeah. Said, no, 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 son. You're where you need. Well, that had to be very encouraging. I'm very powerful. Yeah. I mean, uh, and I always respected and looked up to him greatly. And so uh, when he told me that, that just re-energized me and, and knew I knew I, I was where I yeah. needed to be. So you're, so you're into – now, you said you went to Lipscomb before Tennessee Tech? I did, huh Okay. Did, and you a couple of years or so? or I went three years there, actually. Three years there, uh-huh. okay. And then, and transferred. then transferred to Tennessee Tech mm-hmm. as an engineer, moving mm-hmm. in that direction. Talk about this process, because I know Kevin – by the way, our, our guest is Kevin Doherty today. He's uh, on the staff at Sycamore Church of Christ here in Cookville. Uh, uh, there are people listening, I don't have any doubt about, that maybe – they had this spiritual suggestion, this inkling, this believe mm-hmm. the Lord speaking to them about a decision. It may not it, it, some kind of decision, and they're just thinking, I don't know, I don't know. And 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 but, but that was a big one for you. I mean, that was a big one for you. And did it did it start? And then I know it was a process. It's not something you decided right. to do overnight. Right. But, but so you saw this internship at College of Church of Christ yes. really had a big. Uh, it uh, did. Was I, a big factor. Talk about that for a minute. Yeah, I, I just saw how I can. I seem to connect with young people. Uh, I certainly believed in helping them to uh, focus their life and, and, and keep faithful to the church. I mean, so many, you know, so many of our young people fall away from the church. And I just I saw that God was putting me in a place that um, I did have some skill uh, set in that. And I saw the need there. And uh, and I guess one of the things, quite too, thinking, you know, I mean, wow, having a livelihood that I can do what I love to do, and it keeps me faithful, keeps me accountable, and I help other people to change their life. It, it you know, and I could give you story after story of, of uh, young people that, you know, I feel like I did make a difference. And I, I you know, you got to have that creative mind. You got to work with adults and parents and and uh, and elderships, and it could be a little taxing. And and I and not everybody's cut out for it, but I, I do feel like God was giving me a calling to do something I love and enjoy and. And I can do well. Uh, I didn't see myself sitting in an office and working numbers or engineering did not have an appeal to me. I wanted something that could fulfill me, and I believe ministry did for me. So so your heart went away from engineering mm-hmm. and came alive oh, yeah. as you were doing the work of the ministry. Yeah. And, oh, yes. And gave you something that you get up every morning. And I'm not saying it's always easy, and, and it's tipping to, tip throw through the tulips every day, but basically every day you look forward to, feel Absolutely. like you're making a difference and that sort of thing. Absolutely. And I, I can honestly say in, in my over 30 years, I've never uh, gone to the office 
uh, feeling bad about being there and, and, and dreading being there. I wanted to be there and serve. Kevin Darter is our guest today. He is on the staff at Sycamore Church of Christ here in Cookville. Glad to have him with us. We're glad you're here also. Back with more of the chat in just a moment. Welcome back to the chat. I'm your host, Dwight Henry. Happy to have with me today, Kevin Darty uh, from the Sycamore Church of Christ. And Kevin, we talked about uh, your transitioning uh, from an engineering major at Tennessee Tech, getting an, uh, an internship at Collegeside Church of Christ, realizing that this was your calling in life, having to have that discussion with your dad, which you didn't look mm-hmm. forward to, but he became very supportive over time when you went through yes. a valley that you mentioned. Uh, and now you're doing that and mm-hmm. have been on been been on staff there full time since what nineteen ninety. 1990, yeah, I did. Sounds work. like it's working out. <laughs> I think maybe they'll keep me. Uh, I hope so uh, for a little longer. Uh, they've been very good and patient to to keep me on staff. And I did youth work for about 14 years, and then uh, hired a youth minister, and I went to a different involvement role. Uh, and then it seems like when youth ministers come and go, they always kind of come to me and say, "Hey, you know what you're doing? Can you fulfill that?" So I've actually went back into youth ministry three times and finishing. Now, another year, my last year, we just currently hired a youth minister. And I did tell them this will be it for me going back into youth ministry. But now I work more in the involvement role after this year. But we have a great young man that I'm working side by side with for a year. And at the end of the summer, he'll take full reign and I'll move to some other works of the church there. And I want to come back to how you knew in your heart Mm-hmm. That this was something that you wanted to devote your life to, because that's an important decision. Yeah. And you and and we said earlier, you know, major in engineering, but your heart just went away from that. And yeah. the more you participated in ministry, you more like this is who I am. This is yes. what I'm supposed to do. Uh, talk about that a little bit more. That that, well, that it's, did, you, know, you didn't make that decision in 30 minutes. No, you know it's funny when I went to Lipscomb, I knew I needed to buckle down at Tech. I knew Tech was going to eat my lunch when it comes to engineering. <laughs> I said, okay. You're going to stay in your apartment, you're going to study, focus, and had some uh, three young men that I had visited to church, college side, and yeah. three young men, uh, my friends, just kind of, or people I'd met, knocked on my door and says, hey, you know, why don't you be a part of our campus ministry? Uh, so I did, and I started going to church there, getting involved with campus ministry, and then one Sunday, uh, the youth minister tapped me on the shoulder and said, would you be interested in, in doing an internship, working with the youth group, I'm thinking. Now, what well, did that I'm, consist of? Was that working uh, with their youth? Yeah, just okay. retreats, planning, uh, doing service projects on Wednesday, teaching Bible class. So you didn't search this internship out. It sort of found you. It found me. I did not even know the youth minister there at that time. And, and he gave me such a vote of confidence because he put me to work, gave me great experience, and uh, actually recommended me for this uh, job at Sycamore. And I worked with them for about two years while I was in college there. And, but yeah, I didn't seek it out. It's It sought me out. So, But the funny thing is, after I'd worked with the internship, I was preaching at this little church, you know, while I was in college, too, to give me some experience. And I, I, me and my wife taught. I just got married, and we said, I think we want to just go back to college side and be involved because it's really tough driving that way to, you know, 30 minutes on Sunday and preach and come back and send some older folks. And we wanted to connect more with uh, married folks our age. And so uh, we told them next Sunday we're going to tell them that we're going to just kind of end that work. Well, during that week, I get a call from the Sigmore Elders. And from Sycamore, from Sycamore. Yeah. And they said, will you be interested in a job? And I said, absolutely. So I talked to him and uh, they hired me. So I didn't have to tell the church I was working with preaching that I was just kind of calling it quits. But God's called me into into a different area of work. It's just wild. Hell, just amazing. The wild that God gives you and says, you know, uh, I'll take control of things. Just just wait and be patient. And and he did. Yeah. 
You know, isn't it good, Kevin, to serve an all-knowing God? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it is. He just knows everything. It is, and we just need to have more confidence and trust that he's got this. You know, he, What do you say to people today who are listening? And, and, and maybe a decision is, it could be any, I mean, we're, we make decisions every day, and they're mm-hmm. wondering, should I do this? Should I marry this person? Should I right. take this job? Should I go in this direction? Uh, what do you say to, what's, to, to the Christian who wants to follow the leadership of the Lord and the voice of the Holy Spirit? What do you say to them? Yeah, as long as your heart's right and you're into the Word and you pray and you pray that God will lead you down the path that's going to be most fulfilling for Him and most fulfilling for you, and uh, you, you got to live out a life of purpose. And as long as you're pursuing Him, um, He's going to lead you down the right path. I mean, there's no doubt about it. We've just got to open our eyes wide and look and and see those opportunities that He gives you. And as long as you you seek him, he he will provide the way. Didn't the scripture say, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not into your own understanding. That's exactly right. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Right, exactly. There have been seasons in my life where where I've not allowed him to direct my path. I've directed mm-hmm. my own path. And then there's been seasons where I say, God, you're, I, you know, your path is better. His path's always better. Right, exactly. Even Proverbs I was reading this morning, you know, it, saying if you'll commit your works to the Lord, your heart, your thoughts will be established. Yeah. So if we get our just do the right thing, our minds and heart will follow. Yeah. And isn't it wonderful? I mean, you know, I, I've, I've had these thoughts as a younger person. Man, if I just use the term surrender, which to me has always been kind of a scary term, you know, mm-hmm. so surrender. If I just say, God, whatever you want me to do, where you want me to go, he'll he'll call me to go to Ethiopia somewhere to live in a tent. Mm-hmm. Well, if he called me to go to Ethiopia and live in a tent. I wouldn't be satisfied anywhere but Ethiopia living in a tent. Right, exactly. And, and, and he, 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 so he, your calling is at a place that makes your heart come alive, mm-hmm. and you look forward to it on a personal level, and you're making a difference in the lives of people every day. Am I right about that? Exactly. And and and, and I feel like God's calling me to ministry full time, but I do realize people in your profession and, and people that are working out in the secular world, God can call you to, to – make a difference too, yeah. you know, and uh, matter of fact, we, we, we will come into contact with people in the world that I will never reach because, yeah. you know, and that's sometimes I feel guilty sitting in the office and thinking, man, I need to be out there in the streets. And so one of the things I do, I go and greet at the Sycamore elementary school right across the field, which oh, is a great yeah. mission field and I open car doors and open the door for them and do Ralph's donuts for them on Fridays. And there you go. Come <laughs> up and I'll give you one. Okay. It gives me an opportunity to be with people. So, uh, in ministry, if you're not careful, you'll stick yourself in the office and open people come to you. Uh, you you got to go to them in the streets. But like I said, people that work out in the workforce and professions other than church work uh, and ministry, they have great opportunity to uh, change lives, too. You know, I'm, I'm learning this, Kevin, in my life, and I'm, I'm on the learning curve. But, you know, living for the Lord, witnessing for the Lord is what we do while we do whatever else it is we're doing. Exactly you right. Know, we don't have to segregate it from, you know, this is my witness time. This is my, we, mm-hmm. it's built into our life. And, That's exactly and right. And I think the scriptures say the greatest of all is a servant of all. I love that, that you go next door to Sycamore School, open the doors, help. I'm sure there's sometimes it's raining sometimes. And oh, yeah. And donuts. Oh, yeah. And see, that's just, that's, that's getting the church outside the four walls. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 
Well, the uh, we, I want to come back. We've got. Uh, I want to visit with a few more minutes. I want to talk specifically about uh, your role there at uh, Chickamore and, and what you're seeing, and maybe some stories about the youth that you've worked with and what youth, what the youth are dealing with today. It's a whole lot different than it was when I was in high school. We just had our 50th high school reunion just last Saturday. Wow! wow. And we talked about back in the day. That's what you talk about back. Mm-hmm. And back in the day is nothing like today as far as what's going on in the challenges with our youth. And I know you're touching them and, and making a difference every day. Thank you for being with us. Thank you. Kevin Darty is with us today. He's with the Sycamore Church of Christ. We're back with more in just a moment. Welcome back to the chat. I'm your host, Dwight Henry. Kevin Darty is my guest today with Sycamore Church of Christ. Kevin, thanks again for being with us. Oh, I've, I've enjoyed our conversation. Yes, it's been fun. Thank uh, you. you. You've spent a lot of time. I know you uh, are doing some other things and have done, will do some other things at Sycamore Church of Christ, but you mentioned on three or four occasions uh, you've had the opportunity to focus on on, on the youth of the, mm-hmm. uh, of the church. What are they dealing with? What's it like in, in their world today when they talk to you, as I know some of them do, about openly about what they're saying, what they're doing, what their questions are? Uh, home life is not the same as it was years and years ago. Right. Uh, what do you hear from them? Yeah, you know, I think young people, even from our generation to, to now, I think they deal with some of the thing, same things, but it's just the dynamics of, of things have changed. Obviously, the dysfunction of the home, you know, the broken home is – has really changed our young people, uh, you know, just dealing with divorce and, you know, um, it just it really does change uh, our young people. But, you know, just having to deal with them and deal with their family situations and and so many that are unchurched and, and their parents don't. We, we pick up from the schools on Wednesday and take them to service work. And we got some kids that come that, you know, do serve with us and come to Bible class at night and do devotional time and go eat with us. And. But they'd have no church background. Their parents don't go. Uh, so you to, physically pick them up from school? Oh yeah, we take buses and, and vans yeah. to go pick them up, and uh, or otherwise they couldn't come. You know. Yeah. And uh, you know, parents may not see the importance of that. Uh, may not can get them there. But we just have so many that uh, just have a lot of difficult family situations. Uh, many of them do not know a whole lot about the Bible. Do not know a whole lot about the church, uh, and we're introducing them to to that so uh but i think uh, the broken home they're being affected by peer pressure still a big thing um there's a lot of uh, self-esteem is is just a struggle for many of our young people uh and and many just have a hard time connecting in relationships and and affects their dating it affects their friendships and um you know and, and i think self-esteem has something to do with that but uh just really trying to get them to learn how to develop people's skills yeah. and really connect to uh, a, a faith-based uh, place that we all are on the same goal, same common goal. We love each other. We encourage each other. We're there to support each other. And and that helps them to feel that they belong and feel that they are accepted somewhere uh, because some aren't accepted at home. Some aren't accepted at school. We want them to feel they're accepted at the church. They need that, don't they? They need yes. that place of acceptance. Yeah, they got to feel valued. They got to feel that they are worth something and they have a purpose in life. What do you say? I mean, no doubt we've got parents listening right now who have teenagers, have young people in their home, mm-hmm. and, and they see in them changes in thinking, changes mm-hmm. in behavior, changes in attitude. Mm-hmm. Talk to those parents a little bit about the best advice you could give them about relate. What, what's, what, what are two or three of the best things they could do to make a difference in their child's life right now? Best thing to do is, is they need to be faithful. Uh, if you look at those that leave the church, Dwight, um, it's those that uh, do not have faithful homes. I go back and look at all the pictures of all those who graduated since 1990, 
And and as much as we want to think we can do to make a difference, and we feel like we do, the the biggest factor in whether they stay faithful to the church is if the parents are faithful. And uh, so, you know, that's the biggest factor, I think, in helping is when they go to church and they're passionate about God and reading the Bible and praying together as a family, that increases the odds just exponentially that that child's going to be faithful. Uh, but, uh, you know, just being there for their child, giving them their child opportunities to work and, and serve in the church. And they need to find a skill set that they can serve in the church and feel good about it. We need Bible teachers. Yeah. Uh, we need people in the mission field. Yeah. Uh, we need preachers. Uh, we need, um, you know, people that can go out rake leaves and make food for po- folks. And so we really try to teach our young people that, you need to work in the church. You can't just come and sit on a pew. Uh, and again, we really stress Bible reading. We really stress praying and worshiping and serving. And and um, if, you, if if parents can just encourage that in their daily walk and encourage their young people, but if they only hear it with us, uh, they're going to see two a double sided picture of life. And for a lot of young people, that really confuses them. On, on I had a minister say to me one time at, at the church I was a part of, he said, I say this to anybody, he said, if, any, if you really believe that this is your church home and this is where God would have you at this season in your life and, and this is your church family, then there's something here for you to do. Mm-hmm. We need your talent, your skill, your gifting somewhere. And it's great that you come and, and sit down the pew and, and sing and, and be ministered to and yes. get the word of God into your heart and your mind. But there's also something that for you to do if you believe this is your place. Right. And exactly. I, I agree with that, don't you? I do. And and we gotta plant those seeds, you know, that when they're in that small window of time, six years, you know, seventh grade to twelfth grade yeah. with us, that it's really um instrumental in making a big difference for them to reflect back when they graduate and they get into life that, you know what, you, you made a difference. Had a young lady come to me and years after she graduated and she was a mother and had children. She saw me and she says, Kevin, I'm glad I ran into you today. And I said, oh, no, what did I do back in the day that she's going to get on to me about? Oh, yeah. But she said, you know, as a teenager, I was not listening. She says, a mother, I'm listening today. Yeah. And that 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 encouraged me to know, you know, some seeds are planted that may not take fruit till later. Yeah. But she did reflect and remember the positive experiences we had in the church, and she missed it, knew what she needed to do for her kids. Wow. And that came years later. She came back. You oh, never yeah. do know what one word, what one sentence that that will right. be said that makes such a difference in the life of somebody. That's exactly. And that's got to right. be one of the most fulfilling things about you. Do it's got to yeah. be so fulfilling that you know, like you say, some come and go, and you wonder. Mm-hmm. But but for that person that you watch them for those years and their life changes, they move in different direction, and mm-hmm. you know that God has used you in a way, in right. a sense, to help in that process. That's got to be the best feeling in the world. Yeah, and that's one thing we can't get discouraged in ministry. You know, how many people rejected Jesus and yeah, didn't follow yeah. him? And, and so I used to think I could put on a Superman cape and just save everybody. I really thought I could change yeah. everybody. And I realized real quick that, you know, you got to dust the dust off your feet like the apostles and yeah. and realize you can't. But all you can do is plant seeds, pray, and hope that God will transform those lives. Kevin, we got just about one minute left. In, in the culture today, there seems to be a, 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 a folks saying, yeah, I'm, I believe in Christ, but I don't go to church. I don't see the importance of that. How important is it that individuals and families attach themselves to a, a, a church, yes. a Bible-believing church that preaches. preaches. How, how important is that? 
Yeah, there's a book a guy wrote, Jesus, uh, they love Jesus, but not the church. Yeah. You can't love Jesus, not the church. Jesus died for the church. Yeah. The church is the called out. The church is the ones that God chose to make a difference in ministry. And if you're not part of the church, you're not part of Jesus. And I think we got to realize that, you know, just because you pray and study on your own and certainly live a worshipful life in, in some degree on your own, if you're not part of that connected group that was established in Acts 2, uh, you don't have Jesus. Because Jesus is in the midst of his church, and that's where we can truly make a difference in this country. What would the country do without the church? Yeah. We've got to be together and worship together, encourage each other, and and fulfill our purpose together. And forsake not the assembly of yourself to come together to encourage, to edify, to lift up. Kevin, it's been great, buddy. Yes, thank you, you coming by. Thank you. Very happy good. to have Kevin Darty with me, and uh, so happy you could join us. Be back same time next week for the chat.